What is going on? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another fabulous installment of the Matt and Dennis podcast. I, of course, one of your hosts, Dennis Vincent, joined alongside by my brethren. He's sporting some Christmas ambiance. can barely see him in his camera, but I can see just enough of that cute little smile. Matt Scrano, how are you, baby? Dennis, I'm doing well. Yep, trying to get cozy. You know what? Uh, up to Thanksgiving and post-Thanksgiving, it's been a little hectic. Still got thank you cards for the wedding that I have to go out, just work all over the place. So I have got to be honest with you, I have not been able to decorate and and really fully embrace the holiday season as much as I'd want to. So hopefully that changes tonight because I'm I'm all cuddly up in my Wildwood hoodie. I got the lights on, dimly lit. I got candles in the bedroom, the bathroom. So hopefully that changes tonight. Hopefully that today is where every night I get to do a little something Christmassy up to up to the day itself. Yeah, I set up uh two weeks ago or a full week ago. I can't even remember. Decided against the tree. I only have I have like my lamp stand here and I strung some garland thingy around it and it's got like pre-lit lights that are in it, and then I just put some ornaments that would go on the tree on there and then my tv's decked out with the same type of thing with my giant's nutcracker my golfing santa and my uh, new jersey double santa so can i see can i see the the garland ornament thing again none of it's lit uh if i move my computer here that's that you know i appreciate that and then if i can move the uh computer here to the television yes i'm enjoying everybody loves raymond as we record nice of course so I don't know if you can see the TV. Yeah, yeah, yep, good stuff. So yeah, typically it's lit, but uh, you know, I came home, I was starving, made dinner, sat down, and then my madre called me. So I was on the phone with her, and now I'm talking to you. Yeah, now it's good stuff, De- Dennis. What I what I always like about you, actually, what I what I like about both of us is we both really embrace the holiday season. You you could be someone that you know what you don't necessarily you you don't really wear your heart on your sleeve so to speak you you don't typically show a lot of emotion but I love around the holiday season that even if you don't bring the tree out you find a way to deck out the Mad Dennis Virginia Studios and Chris and that that's something I respect about you greatly yeah we I mean we have to I have a tree I've had a tree for a couple of years it's just oh, I, I know months. you've shown it you've shown it on the Zoom in multiple years of recording the show and and I have a full I have a full tree, but I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? If I bring this out, it's going to be a pain in the Actually, it probably wouldn't be a pain in the ass, but I can't put ornaments on it because there's going to be animals out there. So, Yeah, I I mean, it. I guess I could have put it up, but, you know, I like to watch TV at night, have the tree on. I wasn't going to put the tree in my bedroom. I guess I could have, but you want to put it in the living room or whatever. Typically, I'm in my room watching TV, so plus... Right before Christmas anyway, I'm going to be heading uh, back to the great state of Connecticut to hang with the fam. So then I got to come back around New Year's and get right back into work mode and I got to take down a Christmas tree? I don't think so. That's the good thing about this little one down here. And Target had some great deals like the week before Thanksgiving. We got that. I think they sold it for 35 We got it for like 16 bucks, And it's oh nice, perfect size for a bedroom Christmas tree. That's what I think I'm going to invest in something like that. Something I can throw on like my little desk that I have over here from what if I work from home. Something I can get that couple of pre-lit lights. Look at that yeah, thing. perfect. Hang my Yankee and Giants ornaments on there. That's my KK ornament. 
I have a wildwood crest ornament on that and and then some like that we bought for like a dollar, like little bulbs on it. Perfect. That's all yeah. we need. Agreed. Agreed. And I will tell you too, embracing the holidays, I think, and you probably I maybe, again, like you said, you wear the heart on the sleeve. I like to say I'm an open book. I'm very much closed. With a little latch, you gotta really pry in there to get to the deep, soft, creamy core that is Dennis Vinci. Sort of bang up analogy, if I do say so myself, by the way, like how I executed that. But well I think I was never big into the holidays. Always liked the holidays. Thanksgiving's always been number one, really because of the food. But going away to college is when I started really embracing that because it was kind of like, oh, I'm coming home for an extended period of time. Happy times. Number one son returning to his homestead. That is moi. So, you know, you sell it, get into the festive spirit. The weather starts cooling down. You start cranking some Christmas tunes. All of a sudden, the uh, douchebags in front of you, they're causing traffic. It don't bother you so much. You know what I mean? So, Dennis, I, I think, and, and from day one, I met you to the moment we're recording this podcast. You've always been that, that type of person. But I realized our friendship was really going to flourish when we spent, I mean, I probably realized it before that, but I realized it especially. When you and I were both willing during the holiday season to sit in my basement with the lights out and record an entire dubbed video of the Polar Express, I think that's really. Or when we were quoting Polar Express in a certain math class, and I will not uh, repeat the teacher's name for the sake of our own safety and an entire country coming after us. But, um, so. <laughs> But I, but I think I think that's I think that's when it when it really but but again and we'll we'll get to sports eventually but I'm I'm the same thing and and one of my few complaints about living in the Matt Dennis Orlando studios and living in the state of Florida is that it's so Florida does to be honest Florida does a fantastic job of like bringing in the holiday spirit Orlando especially there's so many cool things whether it's looking at lights whether it's like christmas cocktails whether it's the local movie theater showing old school christmas movies that came out decades ago like parades christmas tree lightings like the, the area really does a good job disney of course right down the street does a really great job of like there's not many places i'd say the only place that does christmas better than disney world is new york city as far as the decorations and the camaraderie of it so like the Orlando Central Florida area really does do a great job of trying to get you in the Christmas spirit. It's just so tough when you turn on the radio, Frosty the Snowman's playing, and it's bright as day out, and it's 84 degrees. Like, that's that's the toughest thing. So, also, I will be going to Connecticut. Obviously, we'll do the Matt Dennis Christmas episode, my favorite episode of the whole year. Um, but that's one of those few times. Obviously, I love warm weather. That's why I live here. You love cold weather, but I can agree with you that during Christmas, New Year's, I love that it's cold. And maybe, just maybe if you're lucky, you get a little bit of snow. But then right when New Year's Day wraps up, get me back here. Get me, get, crank that heat back up. Give me that warm weather so I could be at the beach in January. But up until that moment, it's it's tough being in Florida like really getting into the Christmas spirit. You try your hardest, but it, it is tough when it's when it's warm weather. It's going to be a little chilly the next couple of days, but I'm sure it'll heat back up. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being 
in the getting in the Christmas mood and having the option to possibly go to the beach or maybe hit up the pool. There's something unique about it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily knock it before you try it because it's funny. We were at a music festival, uh, saw the black keys, young, the giant. It was really cool over the weekend. It was right on Fort Lauderdale beach. Sounds awful. And we're getting lunch and we're having drinks, taking shots directly on the beach before this festival. And all these bars have like Christmas trees set up. Certain places are playing Christmas. They had a ice skating, quote unquote, our listeners can't see, an ice skating rink on the beach in Fort Lauderdale with a whole sign showing how they were actually able to do an ice skating rink in Fort Lauderdale. Essentially breaking the environmental uh, laws, laws of physics, I guess. Oh, could people ice skate? Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't like like I forget how how it, they did it. They were like there is actual ice in it, but for somehow they're able to do that on the beach in Fort Lauderdale, and people are ice skating with a Christmas tree and Christmas music playing at three o'clock in the afternoon on the beach in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, there, that does sound awesome. I'm not gonna there, lie. Again, there's something unique about it. There is something cool. I will say that, but it is funny seeing people in bathing suits. They just got done surfing. Now they're drinking a beer at the local beach bar, and there's a Christmas tree in the beach bar. It is, it is interesting. Yeah, and singing along to Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Sounds like a scene. It is. You know sure. what else is a scene, Matt? The tri-state area this time of year, where one, my own, Tommy DeVito, is taking over the world. Uh, but unfortunately for the Giants, which I sent the uh, amazing... Dennis, can I interrupt you really quick? Sure. I wouldn't do this if I thought it was uh, you're going to see in a second. We have breaking news from the baseball world and from the New York Yankees. There has been there has been a Yankees acquisition. Oh boy. Alex Verdugo is a New York Yankee. As of five seconds. Get out of here. Alex Verdugo is now a member of the New York Yankees. Finally, we get to break something on this show. I mean, by the time it comes out, Alex Verdugo is a Yankee. Uh, Jeff Pass, the New York Yankees are acquiring outfielder Alex Verdugo in a trade with the Red Sox for right-handers Richard Fitz, Greg Weiser, and Nicholas Judas. So, it sounds like yeah, they're all... Have to shave his beard. Yeah. Gosh, I hope none of those players that I've never heard of don't turn out to be absolute studs. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to have to look in. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. I'm going to have to look into who the heck these guys are. I don't know if that means no Soto. Uh, well, I do wonder because, now again, me being checked out of baseball, is Juan Soto more of a first baseman or was he still playing outfield? I thought he had a a few uh, outfield games. Because I would have read this more as, which I guess he's not really, you're not going to worry about the field so much, but no Shohei. And at least from where, the, from where Vegas is coming from, Shohei Otani is not as high on the Yankee list right now. He is more Blue Jays, Dodgers, 
there's one other team that was like somewhat decent odds were whole land. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess he was in uh, Dunedin today, which is the home of the Blue Jays like training or spring training and their minor league team. But super pumped that we actually got to talk about that on the show and it didn't break five seconds after we finished, which typically happens. And Dennis, I'll just a, a couple tweets I read under the Jeff Passon thing that were getting a lot of likes. Both make good points. So we're out on Soto, you could argue. Um Yeah, I, I don't necessarily I mean were these names mentioned in the Soto trade? Uh Some, not, didn't somebody just have a list where I they leaked what the Padres were allegedly asking for? I couldn't tell you, but I know the Yankees are planning on overloading on on aspects, and that's three right there. The other the other one I'm saying and a very good point. Uh no one ever called this the greatest rivalry again. That's a fair argument. <laughs> Because in the days of the early 2000s, the, the A-Rod, Veritek fights and and Kevin Euclid and, and Don Zimmer getting thrown down by Pedro, you would never, ever imagine someone like the Boston Red Sox sending someone at the time, someone Alex Verdugo, who's not by any means the best player in baseball, but he's a prominent figure on the Red Sox the last few years, to your biggest rival in the Yankees, no matter how good or bad either of those teams were I think the first time we really saw that was uh, uh what was his name on the Red Sox the outfielder um Johnny Damon no before Johnny or was it after Johnny Damon who who was the Ellsbury? other one? Jacoby Ellsbury thank you that's what I was thinking I guess Damon would have been before Ellsbury but they were both they were both free agents that's what makes it different but it was still like crazy to see that happen whether it was free agency or trade it was more I remember it was more a reaction for Johnny Damon because Damon obviously was already quote unquote Jesus with the long hair and the beard for the Red Sox. I mean, they literally made pictures and paintings or whatever of those world series teams where Damon's at the center portraying Jesus and the rest of the disciples of the Red Sox roster. And he was a figure, a cornerstone on those world series teams. And then a few years later, he's just now a Yankee and he's going to cut his hair and shave his beard. And then a few years down the line, which I think we were in college for Ellsbury, I remember interning at uh, the Sports Hub, their CBS affiliate, and that that free agent signing happening, but it was almost like the Red Sox didn't care. They were over Ellsbury. He was no longer the Ellsbury that was in the MVP running a few years prior. Then obviously he came to the Yankees and he really did nothing. This is different, though. I do agree with you where it's this is a trade. It's a prominent member on the Red Sox. <sighs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, I think you're getting to the point now where how many years has it been since the Yankees and Red Sox were both super prominent baseball teams at the same well, time? Well, 2018, that playoff series. No, they, were, they were both in the playoffs for year, but it wasn't. Well, that's what I mean. Know, I thought that. 2018. Wasn't like- I, remember, I remember it vividly because that was the first year I moved down here to the Virginia offices and we were in the playoffs and the Yankees won game two and out Aaron judge is playing New York, New York through the undergrounds yeah. at Fenway park. We would come to regret that not winning another game in that series, but. And there was the one game, the one game with, where Garrett Cole kind of stunk it up, but I mean, it's a wild card game. Yeah. We're far away from those those days of old where you wouldn't think, or where a former Red Sox, even if they were in free agency, wouldn't think of going to 
to one team or the other. Now it's just kind of like, okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, those those early 2000s, I mean, the Boston Massacre, when the Yankees went up and like took four out of four or whatever to increase their lead and ended up winning the division that year. Like you said, that whole playoff series, which I think was all in 03 with the A-Rod Veritek fight. The yeah. uh, Don Zimmer got thrown down. Who was it? Uh, wasn't his last name Garcia? Yeah, yeah. Um, they were running from the bullpen. Yeah. Like, yeah, we uh, again, we are long away from those years. Yeah, because again, uh, we mentioned guys that were free agents, but this is a trade. Yankees and Red Sox willingly traded with each other. So it kind of shows you how how this rivalry, quote-unquote, has changed over the years where both these teams are just getting their asses kicked year after year and the fans are getting restless. And well, it's in, You know what's interesting, too, is like we think this way because we're fans, but at the same time, Brian Cashman was part of those Yankees teams. Mm-hmm. And you would think that he he would kind of want to hold that same, I don't know. Well, Dennis, it's kind of it's... For, but he's in a spot where he needs to do something to improve this Yankee team. And obviously, the Red Sox regime. I mean, maybe they were in different places in the front office, but I would argue that there's probably very few members of the Red Sox front office that were part of the front office back in the early 2000s. So they don't care. They're looking at it as, okay, let's ship off this guy who is good, but we can get these prospects who we might and feel we can develop into into stars because the Red Sox are not ready to win right now. They're in a kind of middle-of-the-road rebuild. Yeah. So yeah, I, just, I think it's weird, though, that like Cashman, you would almost want him to have the same thought process as us, the fans. Like, no, we're not, I don't care who it is. We're not trading for... A Red Sox player, why would we want to do this? It yeah. was like it, you know, maybe like John Lester. I'm trying to think of someone that maybe be on the Dennis, same, I, like same level as Alex Verdugo, but in those years that you'd be like, no, we're not trading for this guy. And I said, I think it was the last show, yeah, because I think it was the one that, that Dom was on, um, which was the last one. And I said, Look to see Brian Cashman really try to swing for the fences this year, whether it, it ultimately pans out or it doesn't pan out. You're going to see him doing something because, one, he's desperate, and, two, he hates the Yankee fans right now. He hates them, and Yankee fans hate them too. I don't think he is doing this for the betterment of you and I to have something to cheer for in October. He This year he's oh, going to be – he's doing it to stick it to us, yeah. He's been like, yeah, you're welcome. I can still do my job. Shut the hell up and enjoy this World Series. Exactly. If the Yankees can can get some amazing playoff success, potentially a World Series in 2024, and he gets up to the podium and gets to they're interviewing him about hoisting the World Series trophy, maybe not 2024, Dennis. Let's say even 2025. He ain't going to be saying, this is for the fans. This is for the city. He's going to be like, no, this is to all the people that said we couldn't do it and said I couldn't do it and these players couldn't do it and and so on and so forth. He could give a rat's about any Yankees fans with any moves. He is doing it just to stick it to everyone, say they are wrong, he is right. That, that's the sole that, – that is going to be the sole reason that he pushes for any Yankee success in the coming years because he yeah. has that confidence. He's sticking around. Oh, it'll, it'll be 
the PC appropriate answer of the organization stuck by me. We knew we had the pieces. We just needed to put everything into place, blah, blah, blah. But behind the scenes, he's grabbing his coin purse and saying, suck it. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And he will, he'll be uh, like, I mean, obviously two completely different positions, but I think of him, like, what's the name of uh, Dolan, the, uh, the Knicks. Um, yeah. Knicks owner that the fans hate him. He hates the fans. And yeah, he just because he won't sell the team. Like when we do something well, I'm just sticking it to you guys. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of exciting news. Might be an over-exaggeration, but that's kind of how it feels like. Dennis, I'm sorry we got to, to that, but it was cool that we got to actually – obviously, it's not breaking by the time it comes out, but it was cool to give the listeners a live reaction there. But I, I'll I'll give you the mic back. You're the host. So. Yeah, no, in typical fashion, this we would have done this episode, been done. I'd be in the process of uploading it, and that news would break, and we would throw our arms up in the air like, okay. Typical. you have any cashews? Mm -hmm. uh, toss them out. Typical. All right. You know who doesn't eat cashews? Tommy DeVito. <laughs> so, so, sorry. <laughs> Last thing. Last thing. So the guy was Richard Fitz and John Boy tweets. Hey, the Yankees had a guy named Dick Fitz this entire time. <laughs> what? Okay. It's a prospect. Richard Fitz. His name is Dick Fitz. <laughs> Gotta, I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta agree with him on that. We had a guy named Dick Fitz in our farm system this whole time. You like that one, huh? Now, now he's gone. Up oh, here's some more talking Yanks. Uh, uh, Andy Martino, who's a Yankees Mets uh, writer at SNY, saying uh, the Yankees are still very much in on Juan Soto immediately after the Verdugo trade. So, all right, now I'm done. Tommy DeVito. I don't even know if I want to mention his name again. I feel like it's cursed. Every time I bring it up, some weird tweet about the Yankees. You say it one more time. You say Tommy DeVito one more time, a chicken parm sandwich comes out of your uh, bathroom hey. mirror. That's what I had for dinner. Leftover chicken parm. I had some chicken parm on Friday night as a wrap, a chicken parm wrap. That shit was I've awesome. never heard it as a wrap. Well, they had... The plate it was a little Irish bar in this little suburb out to Mont Springs, north of Orlando. It said, Here are all the sandwiches. You can get a chicken parm sandwich and any sandwich you can make as a wrap. And I was like, and it's a dive bar, it's been there forever. And I was like, Can you do a chicken parm wrap? And they're like, We've never had anyone ask for that, but we can do it. Like, it was it was pretty good. <laughs> it would have been great if they were just like, we've never had anyone ask for that. And we're not gonna start now. <laughs> You friggin' loser. We're going to put it on a hoagie for you, and that's how you'll eat it. Read the finer print. We can make any sandwich into a wrap except chicken parm. Well, anyway, Giants. I sent the great gif of Michael Scott, no question about it, ready to get hurt again. Uh, because, Mateo, I do want to complain why we have two Monday Night Football games, but I completely forgot that the Giants had one more showing on national TV for everybody out there. I'm sure the NFL world is really excited. Patriots-Steelers to kick off the week, and then Monday night, Giants-Packers and Dolphins-Titans. Two games that could very well not be close at all. Because I got to mm -hmm. tell you, this Packers team 
is rolling. 3-0 over the last three weeks. Jordan Love looks like he's their next Aaron Rodgers. He's going to take him to the promised land. I'm worried that even coming off the bye home game that Giants fans are going to walk in, chest puffed out, let's do it. We're going to walk in there and barely score 10 points and get ourselves a W behind, I, you know, I don't even know if I want to call him the Italian Stallion. That's a great name. I, I almost want to give it to him over the, the great uh, Steve Salvo, but I can't do it. DeVito's going to need a nickname. We'll have to come up with it. But Matt, I don't know how you could feel any sort of confidence seeing what Green Bay has been able to do the last couple of weeks, and now they're going to get a woeful Giants team. Albeit, rest of Giants team. And we know how the Giants perform on prime time. It's not good. Evidence is clear. Well documented even this year. Games have not been close. Al's except one, Buffalo. But Darren Waller couldn't hang on to the ball at the end of the game. Was he pushed? Yes. Is what it is. Do you have any initial thoughts? Do you have, I mean, are you puffing your chest out? A little bit. Giants riding somewhat high. A little bit. You know? No? Maybe so? Uh, I, I don't know if I would use the phrase like pumping my chest out high, but um, I'm curious. I'm going to look it up right now. So so this is one, Dennis. You make the point right now, and, and I want to give the Giants their accolades regardless of who they're playing against. But we talked about the Giants-Patriots game. We previewed it. We post-gamed it. And I, I kept saying, I think we were both in agreement, correct me if I'm wrong, that the the spread was puzzling. Uh -huh. Especially with the Giants hosting. And I made the points. We don't need to we don't need to rehash that. But this one's one that's puzzling to me. Like I was in defense of the Giants in that spread. This one, I'm in defense of the Packers on the spread. Minus six and a half. Um, Packers, obviously, 500. Their record does not reflect how good they've been the past two, three weeks or so, to your point. Um, great wins over teams that are better than the Packers. But especially coming out of that division, it's not necessarily surprising. The Chiefs have obviously still played well. Not as good as the Chiefs we've seen in the past. Detroit Lions have been kind of on a roller coaster ride, but generally have been a really good team. I'd say better than the Packers. The Packers beat uh, the Lions at home. Chargers, obviously, yeah, but the Packers beat the Packers beat the Chargers. So, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of faith if I am uh, a betting person. I'm not a fan of, of either one of these. I'm coming into this unbiased. Um, I don't have a whole lot of faith in a, in a Giants victory, but the minus six and a half, I would have thought that would have been a little bit higher. Um, at the very least, a minus like seven and a half, minus eight and a half, the six and a half, slightly puzzling to me, especially since it's public knowledge now the Giants are going to have Tommy DeVito and not Tyrod Taylor. Um, I have thoughts on that too before we wrap up today. Um, but um, yeah, so, so that's a little puzzling. Um, We'll, we'll obviously get into the picks and all that. Um, I, I don't think the Giants have have no shot because I think the Giants have just the defense has picked it back up after a little lull in the action. I think they're capable of doing it again. 
think they're capable of making this a game. Tommy DeVito obviously is now able to throw the ball, which he wasn't his first game. Um, so I'm confident they can make this entertaining. Again, Giants defense has played superb when it comes to turnovers the last couple of weeks. Granted, teams that are not as good as the Packers, but for what it's worth, they're getting turnovers. Special teams is looking solid. Maybe you get a turnover here and there. You keep allowing Tommy DeVito to throw the ball. You get it into Hodgins' hands. You get it into Slayton's hands. Saquon, every week, you like to think he's healthier and healthier coming off of his earlier season injury. So who knows? Um, I am perplexed, again, by that spread. I thought it'd be a little bit more so. But Monday night in the Meadowlands, the Giants are about two games out of a playoff spot. That's not me saying the Giants are going to the playoffs. I said, and I'll repeat it again for those that may have missed one or two of the last episodes, I said the Giants were going to win a maximum two games. One was going to be against Washington. The other was going to be against the Patriots. They won both of those. That is where my predictions of wins, especially for all the tankers in the Giants group chat that are freaking out that we're not going to get a high enough pick. Sleep easy tonight, sleep easy tomorrow, because I think this is where it runs out. I don't think you'll beat the Packers, spoiler alert for the picks. I don't think you beat the Eagles in Philly or in New York. Um, And I think you compete really well with the Rams, but I think it's a really close loss. If it's a win, not shocked, but I think it's a really close loss. Um, So I think the Giants wins, especially going with DeVito. I just want to say Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback. Tyrod Taylor probably should be starting, but Tommy DeVito is the storyline in a season that's been all but terrible for the Giants. You have a storyline for the team, the locker room, the fans to get behind. Tommy DeVito has two straight wins against crappy teams, but it's it's wins. You're in the win column. Tyrod Taylor coming off injury hasn't played in the better part of a month. So I understand. I am gonna, I'm not gonna disagree with Brian Dable's decision to put in DeVito. I love the story. It's a feel-good story of the kid from New Jersey. Tyrod Taylor gives the Giants the better chance to win. I, I don't think either of us will disagree with that. But for a team that is more than likely, Dennis, not making the playoffs and not winning many more games this year, the DeVito story, feel-good story, at, at the very best, you find some crazy, insane way to back into a playoff spot. At the very worst, you see what the kid can continue to do. If he can, you get a good backup for next year. So those are a lot of my thoughts. I do agree where, where I would say I ride with DeVito the rest of the season. I don't want to see Tyrod Taylor. On the off chance, DeVito gets banged up here or there. Okay, fine. Tyrod's healthy. Uh, is he actually practicing? Because I know they opened his 21-day window, but is he practicing? He is supposedly practicing, and I even saw a locker room video where they were asking, like, what do you think of DeVito? And he's like, hey, the kid's played well. He's got wins. I've been out of the game for a minute here. But he also said he was disappointed that he's not getting the nod to start. But he answered it like a guy that's been a journeyman in the NFL for however many years now. Yeah, and I, I'm, going off that comment, I would have to imagine he sees what anybody could see. What does Tommy DeVito give you with what you just said? You roll the dice, if somehow you back into a playoff spot, cool. But more likely than not, it's what does he give us for next season as a serviceable backup um i mean who knows somehow the offense starts to light a spark like this is why i somewhat disagree that i'd rather have tyrod taylor out there because 
Tyrod Taylor didn't show us anything more than what Daniel Jones had said. We talked about it on this podcast. It's not like he went out there and things looked different. Now, you know, DeVito has had limited work and in some of the work where he's looked good, it has been against lesser teams and teams that don't, you know, the Pats have a good defense. We saw him struggle here and there, but, you know, outside of his occasional decision-making inside the pocket and kind of should he roll out, should he release here, should he, you know, it's first year in the league. It is, you know, is what it is, but I'd like to continue to see him. I don't, I wouldn't give it any thought to put Tyrod Taylor in over Tommy DeVito for the remainder of the season. And am I wrong? And are we missing a game? If Green Bay, isn't there a game after Green Bay, then Philly, Rams, Philly? Uh, there, there is another game. It is, I believe it's Titans and blah, 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 blah. Titans Dolphins. Um, so Titans Dolphins. No, 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 not, I'm saying on the Giants schedule. Oh yeah, there, there, there is one other one. It was, um, so Philly twice, uh, Rams, uh, Saints. Saints is the other one. Um, oh, okay. Okay. On, uh, uh next Sunday, one o'clock game. Yeah, all right. I knew because I was like, there has to be one in between Philly at Christmas, then you get New Year's Rams, and then the next week you end with Philly. Yeah, which Saints, you know what? At, Are the Giants of, home for Christmas? The uh, No, it's in Philly. Oh. Yeah, so you're not winning that one. Um, I mean, you're not winning either of them, but you know, no. I'd, just, I'd rather watch them at home, you know what I mean? I mean again, and, and here's here's the thing. I look at I look at the rest of the schedule, and for fans like me that that want to be optimists, that don't want to don't want to tank, that are not going to give a rat's about the draft until a month before the draft. You look at the schedule I, again. My my prediction, my unbiased prediction is I don't see another win. But that having been said, if I had to pick two kind of it could happen uh, wins, I could see the Rams and Saints. Yeah, hundred percent. The Packers rolling to the Meadowlands, not missing a beat the same way they've been the last two or three weeks. To your point, Dennis, it could be a shellacking. Uh, but I, I can see, depending on like, even if the Giants were to lose to the Packers, but they play hard and they keep it a game, get a turnover or two, and then you take that energy and you roll into a, a Saints uh, or a Superdome, the Saints team that's struggling. That that could be a win. If the Giants are somehow a game and a half, two games out of a playoff spot, you're rolling to MetLife. People in the New York area are, are jazzed up for New Year's Eve. You're playing a Rams team that's beatable that may have given up on the season by that point. Who knows? You never know. You get Darren Waller that's back. The, that's the problem, too, though. The Rams just beat the Browns. They're very, very much in the thick of it, trying to get a playoff spot in the NFC. Sure. The Giants have these teams. And the Saints, even though they look like poo, they came back against Detroit, almost covered, but they made that a game where they were at one point down 21 nothing in the first quarter. They're not out of it in their division. Oh, like sure. Atlanta's got a two-game lead on them, but that division to me is totally up for grabs. Yeah. So the Giants aren't getting teams that are kind of like them where they're just out of it and we're playing and do we see our teams already looking forward to next year? On this schedule, every one of these teams, and especially now with Philly getting boat raced at home, they need to win out to hold on to that number one seed. They There's no room for error for them. Otherwise, they will be playing in the wild card round. 
Yeah, but but I mean, Dennis, I'm not I'm not too worried about that because regardless. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying like, oh, Philly might not have anything to play for this. Like, I'm just saying, and the Giants would have a chance. Regardless, this is on the schedule. Five, te- well, four teams that will be giving it their all for some potential spot. Absolutely, absolutely. No, and I mean, and and credit to credit to the Giants because I think the Giants, despite everything that's been said about them, despite how they are not technically, but pretty close to being just irrelevant as far as the playoff picture goes, these guys are still competing, and, and Tommy DeVito is competing, and now he has again. You know, the fans are not on the field, but but the Tommy DeVito thing has kind of galvanized this fan base. Um, so I, I think the fans are going to be loud in, in the remaining home games, too. Uh, I, I don't think it matters uh, how if the Eagles are wrapping up home field or, or, or not. We were going to lose both games to the Eagles, barring like some miracle insane situation occurs. Yeah. And we were going to lose both of those games. We were probably going to have a good shot. We'd all be probably, I'm not going to use the word confident, but, you know, maybe the Giants have a chance of beating the Packers up until the last two weeks of how they've played. Um, again, to your point. Um, but no, th- that that's directed solely towards fans like me, fans like Kyle. You can make the argument, uh, the, our, our number one fan, Nick Burns, who sure are intrigued by the draft picks and want the good draft pick if it means we're not going anywhere else, but are not willing to sit there and and root for the team to lose. So it kind of gives you, you know, what are, what what can we potentially do here? What can make the game more entertaining? And I think this game's going to be entertaining against the Packers. I'm I'm excited for it. I'll be tuned in. I hate Monday night football games now because I work on Tuesdays, so it's tough to have all day and not want to start the tailgating party, but then knowing you don't want to be hurting the next morning. Yeah. There's something weird about that. Where like now I remember being a kid, Monday night was always talked about as the night it's Monday night football. That's the game. All the guys get jazzed up for but I don't know when it took a turn, but to me, that's Sunday night. That's the, the games are over and now you kind of get a 45 ish minute buffer zone and we're getting the game of the week and Monday night's just a throwaway. Like I know ESPN's trying to do the, we can get into this with the double headers. Like, I don't understand why randomly now we're getting another one of these in the middle of the season this late. So they're trying to add. Dennis, I think there was first, a. Or two is at the same time. One game's on ABC, the other's on ESPN, both kicking off at 8.15. It makes zero sense. That, that makes no sense. I mean, if you're going to do that, I say go back to like the first week of the season where you do the East Coast game starts at 7. And then the West Coast game starts at 10-15 or whatever. And we talked about it this year. They were like, oh, are they not doing that? But September 11th, all the attention on Jets-Bills. But then the very next week, they had two games, but they didn't. They did one at like 7 and one at 8. So it was right. like, well, okay. And then they, 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 I think they did it the week after or maybe two weeks later. And then they were just gone. And now for whatever reason, let's have two Monday night games. Yeah. And I think kind of where it turned, I mean, I remember years ago and, and Hank Williams Jr. kind of turned out to be a bit of a nut, nut job, but I remember when it was, are you ready for some football? Yeah. Like the mat, when that kind of was this, I'm not saying it was because of the song, but, but when that was kind of the song and it's him with the cheerleaders in the background playing the guitar, he's wearing a cowboy hat. The matchups during that era were just better. Oh there yeah. Was- well, and you had every, you had NFL primetime, with boom with uh boomer and tj leading into it yeah 
And then, yeah, obviously the Switch. You know, I didn't realize until like within the last year that that Monday Night Football song is actually a Charlie Daniels song. And it's just like all my rowdy friends are coming out tonight. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a country fan, so I knew that. I know you're not, but I like yeah. country. Thursday night football wasn't a thing. Amazon Prime wasn't a thing. So there was like just Monday night, even up to four, five, six years ago, Monday night football matchups were better than they are now. Now, sometimes consistently, Monday night football will be two of the three worst teams in the NFL playing against each other. And the score is like six to three going into the third quarter. Well, I think we're going to see it hopefully change for the better. Like we've already, we've seen now, Chiefs Pats getting flexed out. First time a Monday night game gets a flex. We have the ability to do this now. That was the greatest thing they ever did when they started flexing out games for Sunday night. Because I understand you have to make the schedule well in advance. And when you look at it, if the Jets are in prime time, for example, well, this was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers versus somebody. The Jets were supposed to be a perennial playoff favorite. Didn't go their way. Giants playoff team last year gets a win. Okay. Things didn't go their way. If you had the Broncos at the beginning of the season, Broncos, Sean Payton, first year, Russell, well, we probably should have given them a couple of weeks. Now they look okay. A team like, I mean, last night. Last night turned out to be a good game, goes to overtime, game-winning field goal, but Trevor Lawrence gets hurt. Jake Browning is in. That's supposed to be, and it's a Bengals team that, yes, is now 6-6, six and six trying to eat their way back into the AFC playoff picture. But you went through that game with Jacksonville fighting for a number one spot in the AFC, but that's the only storyline. The Bengals were a non-factor. Beginning of the year, that was supposed to be like, ooh, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Monday night. But luckily it was still an entertaining game. That game could have easily been what Denver, Minnesota was a week ago. A poop fest. Yep. So to kind of go back to the Giants, like – I'm, I said this last week, uh, I think it was on the second podcast, that let's just, or maybe it was the first one we were recapping the win. I'm all for just winning out now. I've completely changed my tone because, yes, it's annoying. The Giants with four wins are in the hunt. They're in this stupid little graphic. Like, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. I guess mathematically they are, but they're not. Let's be realistic. That but, is a much good to be you. <laughs> <laughs> look. I mean, you might as like, you can't sit there and tell me now after two straight wins, you can be upset about the Washington win. But now when you're going to get another one and now you have four wins, Carolina still doesn't have a win. The Bears are still going to probably have the number one pick because of that. The Bears still aren't a very good team, even though they won last week. The Patriots, I mean, model. Three straight games of allowing 10 or fewer points and you lose all of those games. Goodness gracious. That's that is blasphemy. I cannot believe that that is something that they actually had happen. They just lost at home six to nothing. This isn't baseball. Six to nothing. Goodness. The Jets are kind of still right there with their record. Washington obviously now has the same record as the Giants after getting boat raced by Miami. The Giants have the advantage over them. The Cardinals are right there. So you start looking at all of these teams that are going to have similar records. I think the Raiders will probably find themselves in that same boat. These teams that are going to hover around the six, four to six win mark for the season. So at this point, it's like, all right, we're not playing for the number one overall pick. 
We're not going after Caleb Williams, who will be the number one pick, assuming the team that isn't number one needs a quarterback. So, screw it. Just keep winning. And who cares? Maybe we get a playoff, like you're saying. Maybe the football gods sprinkle a little fairy dust on the Giants. And we get a playoff game. Nobody wants to watch the Giants in January. Nobody. Except us. And if somehow that were to happen, it would suck for everybody except the folks in the tri-state area. And you and me, who aren't in the tri-state area. So, so you're saying maybe they'll, they'll throw a little pixie dust on those chicken cutlets up in North Jersey. Yeah. A little extra seasoning, you know? Extra slice of gabagool. Maybe a thin layer of brajol. Uh, Dennis, a little, little fresh moots. Dennis, what I mean when I say... Up the basil leaf. What I mean when I say it must be good to be you is in relation, oh, I know what you're saying. in relation to our Giants group chat where you can be like, I'm all on board. And now I'm not. Screw this team. And now I am again. Well, what's great is we have so many people that are on either side of the fence is I could just come in and be like, nah, we got to lose. We need the draft pick. We got to think about the future. I get a bunch of likes. I get support. What's up, social media manager? And now I can say the Giants are winning. Let's just win out. Let's make the playoffs. And I get likes from the other side. So it works both ways. I'm good. It's like that episode of Seinfeld where Jerry, everything works out for him. He loses a $20 bet or whatever it is, puts on a jacket, puts his hands in the pocket. What's he find? $20 bill. Everything evens out for him. That's how I feel in my sports life. Also, Dennis, it's a, it's a little, I'm being a little selfish because, again, I will be in attendance uh, on New Year's Eve in the Meadowlands for Giants Rams with, like, again, like, supposedly free food, free drinks, and on-field access for warm-ups. I am currently struggling mightily to, like, with the airfare, the hotels, trying to make it all work um, because that is arguably the worst weekend to be in the city of New York. Um, so I'm struggling with that, but I'm planning on being there. And all I'm asking is like, I'm not, I'm not expecting the giants to make the playoffs, but if you can even like get me in that stadium where it's a situation where it's like, Hey, if the giants beat the Rams and then seven other teams lose, (laughs) the giants will be in the playoffs before the game in Philly. Or if the giants win and then going into the game against the Eagles, also in the Meadowlands, like, you know, the, the the Earth's orbit needs to shift. Four teams need to lose. This guy needs to do this. This person needs to do that. The Giants could potentially make the playoffs. That would be enough for me, Dennis. I mean, how, how about this, Matt? Let's take it a step further. Let's get wild with this. You head to the Meadowlands on New Year's Eve, which are you not staying in the great state of Connecticut from Christmas to New Year's? Are you coming up, coming back down, and then coming back up? Correct. It's going to be a long, so I, I fly Fly up the 23rd to Connecticut, fly back the 26th, work the full week, fly up the night of the 30th, fly back New Year's Day. Yikes. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be up there two separate weekends in the end of December. Um, but where I was going with this, Giants are in a position, they get a win against the Rams, some things fall into place, and all of a sudden, on week 17... The Eagles need a win to clinch the one seed. And the Giants need a win to get into the playoffs. And for some reason, 
do this. The game gets flexed into Sunday night, and the world has to watch the Giants on prime time one more time. Stop that right now. And Eli will be on the sidelines ringing that stupid bell, and the football gods will be on the Giants' side. Danny DeVito wins it. <laughs> Danny DeVito, game game leading drive, Graham Gano. That's what I call exercises him. Exercises his demons, kicks a game winning field goal. Philly has to play in the wild card round against the Giants because they'll probably be the worst wild card team. Anyway, rematch. We'll see you in Philly next Saturday. I don't even I don't even realize like I'm saying Danny DeVito now instead of Tommy DeVito because everyone in the, the infamous chat calls him that and everyone in Orlando that knows him a Giants fan calls him Danny DeVito. And yeah, that is obviously wishful thinking. Uh we can dream. Um it's just it's it's cool again. I'll say it a hundred times. It's cool to have a storyline, a positive storyline this late. Now that positive storyline goes away Monday night when Tommy DeVito throws like three interceptions and has a fumble and then he blows away like a fart in the New Jersey wind. But not, I'm not predicting that or hoping for that, but that's all it, that's all it would really take. But no, it's it's a it's a good story. I just I, I I hope if there is there's some way that the game New Year's Eve means something. I mean, it's going to be more than I thought it would at this point because I I didn't expect four wins the way we were going. But very true. I don't think it'll end up meaning Especially much part- at all. But I think, and I would hope. I mean, even for New Year's, because that'll be a weird day. What's the stadium buzz like? You're not going to get Rams fans, so it's just a matter of how many Giants fans actually show up on the holiday weekend to get loud, make some noise, and hopefully you get a full-on Giants home game experience. Because it's I weird. Just... It's, it's like, obviously the Giants are one of those NFL teams. They have the loyal fan base, you know, being at home. It's not going to be empty. But these holiday weekends, you always kind of wonder, like, and for a team that could potentially have only four wins at mm-hmm. that part of the season, that time in the season – What's the energy like in the stadium? It'll be it'll be interesting. I think you're gonna see like the true sickos, Giants fans. And then you're gonna have this whole situation where you get to that game and the only fans that are gonna be in the stadium at that point are true Giants fans, assuming the Giants are out of playoff contention. So you also get the, the benefit too of the vast majority will not have to be working the next day. Right. So so what Hell's Giants bells to the wall? We're getting rowdy. So what Giants fans at that point, if we're out of playoff contention, the fans that are there still pay for the parking pass. They're still paying in stadium prices for food and beer. They're still paying out the wazoo, even if the team's out of playoff contention. So you know you got your true Giants fans there. What's the vibe like with those true Giants fans that are paying all the money that want to see a good product on the field that want to see a win, versus all the Giants fans? like he shall not be named a one Mike Osa that want the team to continue to lose. Do you even see fans like that in the stadium that are spending the money to wear their Jersey, but hopefully the team doesn't win like that, that could set up for an interesting dynamic that I'm walking into. And really to be honest, Dennis, if I had the option at seats and the giants are out of playing attention, I don't know if it, because because I'm going to spend money on lodging, uh, more than likely. I'm going to spend money on the round-trip flights for me and social media manager, Lauren. So am I paying if the Giants don't have even a, a, a 
a tenth of a percentage chance of of getting there if the seats aren't great and if I am not getting free food, free drinks, and on field access, I'm not. Yeah. That would be the only reason, and we knew really early on the season was ultimately going nowhere. But I was like, well, free food, free drinks, and on-field access. Who knows who I get to meet or get an autograph from? Yeah, I'm going to go whether we suck or whether we're great. Yeah, I think, and you're in the boat. I think you're 100% right where it's, even if there are people that are not necessarily rooting for losses, but would be very okay with a loss. If you have tickets to this game and you're going to the game, you're all in. Because then, then you that's absolutely not a real fan. Like, I could, even if I was, I understand, if the Giants lose, I'm not crazy about it. Like, oh, damn, a loss. It's like, well, got to think about the future. It is what it is. Season's not going anywhere. But if, in, if I'm in the stadium, I mean, you better believe, putting the war paint on. And I imagine everybody else in the Meadowlands in that day will be doing the same. Mateo, shifting gears a tad. Speaking of a uh, season that was going nowhere fast. You're officially on our Fantasy League's calendar. I give you the mic. Uh, I think you've accepted your fate for quite some time now, but now that it's official. Uh, speaking of official, your boy clinched a playoff spot once again. It's tough. It's it's hard being so good. You know? it's Somebody's got to do it, but it is what it is. But, uh... I'll give you the floor. Are you excited a little? It's going to be a great time next year. Taking some uh, flattering, not so flattering photos of yourself for nine other men. How else would you want to spend Labor Day weekend? You know what I mean? Yeah, Dennis. No, I mean, I, I am excited. There, There is a, a weird part of me that is excited about it. And, and I already told social media manager Lauren that's going to be one less Christmas gift I have to worry about next year. Because she'll get a kick out of this calendar, and and I've I've been to two of the camera the the calendar shoots, and they've been really enjoyable. And I honestly think the person in most cases, the person that is the victim of the punishment, seems to enjoy it at some point along. I think we all have good sense of humor for the most part. So right. and and that's and 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 we we gave accolades to a one Joe sword. You had to take some very embarrassing photos. But did it like a champ. So I can only hope that I will be that gracious and that brave um, as I go into it. But that's that's just part of it. That's unfortunately part of it. I am excited to be in the league for two consecutive years for the first time. So that is something that I look forward to. Obviously not going to be counting down the days to the, the calendar photo shoot. But I will count down the days to the event uh, in general that I always have a good time and I'm fortunate that you guys uh, brought me back but as far as as far as my season goes again I've touched on it a, a few times on the show this year the season it was just the season that never was um again a few injuries here and there that you know maybe I make some of these weeks closer game but it still wouldn't have made a difference I was confident in the Trevor Lawrence pick great quarterback terrible fantasy quarterback um and that's also interesting that's something I think from different leagues, whether I've done leagues with like my employer at the time, or even when I did um, this league for the first time and I made the playoffs my first season, it was kind of more of a, a I mean, th- this by far the league that we're in together is by far the, the league that I've ever been that takes it the most serious, which I appreciate. And I think I've learned more in this league about how you can have a really good football player 
that the results on the field just do not translate to fantasy and vice versa, where you could have a player that at the end result of the game really doesn't make that much of a difference as far as, you know, getting the end zone, getting points on the board, but really the points on the fantasy board do translate. Um, and Trevor Lawrence is just not, and I would I would warn people against him, regardless of what league you're in. Such a good quarterback, such a bad fantasy quarterback, such a bad fan. And now he's injured. It will, um, yeah, he was hyped up too at the beginning of the year. If I had, I thought, you know, not long and hard about it, but I gave it some serious thought as to not keep, you know, for anyone out there that not aware of what we're doing, fantasy league keeper league. My keeper's Jalen Hurts. I had serious thoughts about not keeping him because I was okay losing him because I was going to take Trevor Lawrence this year. I was fully in on Jacksonville and I wanted Trevor Etienne or Travis Etienne and I wanted Trevor Lawrence. And then maybe package in a receiver. Calvin Ridley, kind of unforgotten, his league suspension for gambling in Atlanta. He was still a top talent in this league. He's had a good season. He's had some up and down weeks, but at ETN, he's done fine. But yeah, Trevor. Kind of disappointing. Not disappointing for Jacksonville, where they are now. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully it's not serious because they're having a hell of a season. Rough night last night, but... Yeah. yeah no, I do, and I do it's, remember... It's, it's different. You kind of kind of told the balance of, okay, who do you trust here? It's the same. I mean, look at Josh Allen. He can throw two, three interceptions a game, but the guy's going to have 50 rushing yards. He's going to throw for 250. He's going to run for a tutty or two. He's going to throw for a tutty or two. And I mean, All of a sudden, he, the turnovers don't matter. You even look at a guy like Mahomes, who has had the last two, three years, been a phenomenal fantasy quarterback as far as the points translate. This year, not bad. Not what he's been in the past. Um, and I had, I had Mahomes last year. Um, but, I mean, other other guys on my team, I had Saquon, that when he was on, he was really on. But then he obviously went through the injuries. The Giants' offensive line was absolute crap. I didn't expect him to be stellar, but like there were times he just could not find holes in, in, through that offensive line. and. So it was it was a perfect it was a perfect storm to be and Jared Goff who I picked up halfway through the year just my last desperate attempt to try to catch up with Chap or, or Kyle to to not be in last and 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 Goff gave me some good performances there there was uh, the one game where I beat uh, Greg I think it was my only win um, it is wedding he still, weekend he still talks about it and that game was never in question I was beating his ass the whole day. The whole weekend, it you, can take, you can take a solace in that because it does it does bugs it bugs him that the, your only win is against him. It's, I mean, it's pretty funny. It makes me feel good and that I bothered someone enough. But yeah, that, it wasn't like I beat Greg by one in the dead of night at the end of Sunday night football or Monday night football. Like I was whooping his ass that whole weekend, and but it just did not culminate in the rest of the week. I I'm I'm not going to look in the mirror and say I drafted poorly. I was confident that I had a playoff caliber team, certainly not a last place team. I didn't think I had a championship team, but I thought I had a decent team. Etienne, you mentioned him. He was one that you were picking three or four above me that I had circled and you beat me to him. Um, Yeah, I I just really don't. I mean, you could disagree with me. I'd be curious what you think on it. I'm sure you don't stare at my team all day long, but I really was confident that my team was not a last place team, the team I drafted. I don't think looking back at it, I would have done anything different. Um, Michael Thomas is one that I maybe wish I did. I passed on him. 
that's one that's kind of kicked me in the ass. Um, he's been extremely frustrating to have on my team. Um, Debo went down for a while there. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm confident I don't come in last next year. I don't think I'll have a championship team. It's just, it was a frustrating year, and I think in, and the frustrating part was, too, my second year, I was never in it. I was never, ever in it. So the fantasy year was kind of done for me, like, really early. I will say this, too. I'm curious your thoughts, and I don't want this to take up an hour because we got to get rocking and rolling here. Uh, strong hot take. I hate the sleep rat. Absolutely hate it. <laughs> don't like it at all. I can understand the idea of it. I can find the idea, a specific app for fantasy football. I think that's a great idea. Fully support it. But as far as the communication within the league, it's an absolute nightmare to have to open up a completely different thing to like, I just, I don't like. What do you mean? It's all, you just swipe up. Yeah. I, I don't. That's the I, chat. I don't like the interface on that app. Um, I like the way it was done last time. What was it? Like Facebook. Like I, I liked that a lot better. It was a lot easier, especially in the work day, to keep track of that than it has been on on the sleeper app. And I've talked to other people. I will not name them by name and throw them under the bus, but I know I'm not alone alone on that. Throw them under the bus. Tell me who they are. I'll not do that. I've they spoke are threats to the Rebel Alliance. They must be destroyed. Oh no. I've spoke to spoken to people in that group chat as well that are not fans of it either. So I know I'm not alone. So I will leave it at that. But if Sleeper is back next year, obviously I will do it. I'll support the cause, but I hate it. So if we went back to the old way, I'd be a big fan. The only thing I don't like are the little sticker things that you give, like when you can put like a laughing thing or a clown for whatever it is, like putting them as objects for the seasons. I have no idea what any of them are. It would be like, ha ha, you lost. This person reacted with a corn, a piece of corn. Yeah, it's because the corn is laughing. So I guess that's the laughing emoji. I don't know. Like, it's kind of it's kind of dumb. Now they're in Christmas. They look a little bit better. But for a long time, the fall and the Halloween ones, they, they're very dumb. And I it, will say, I don't really look at your team. I don't know if you have anything to react on that one. But I, I just I, I thought my team was at the at the very best and very worst and middle of the road middle of the road can make the playoffs and they stay healthy team. Yeah. You had some tough injuries. You had some, you had bad luck at quarterback. Saquon absolutely screwed you. It's your first round pick. I'm with it too. Austin Eckler has been terrible this year. I was so high on him sold. That's who I wanted. I knew where I was picking to get him terrible, but I'm in kind of good company. Cause it's weird when you think about where we were fantasy wise, people that are invested in it, you know, do mock drafts, whatever. There were really four can't-miss guys. It was kind of an order of where these guys would fall. And then after that was the next tier of a bunch of guys grouped together. But those four were Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Did you value receiver over running back, whatever it may be? Of those four, Christian McCaffrey's been the only successful one this season. Austin Eckler's been hurt. He's been very, very inconsistent. Hell, last week he had 14 rushes for 18 yards. That's bad. Justin Jefferson has missed more than half the season. Jamar Chase lost his quarterback and Joe Burrow. So it's been kind of tough for the teams that were at the top picking 
You know, last night, obviously, Chase turns in a great night, so he's touch and go. But those people that drafted Jefferson, it's tough. But here we are. If you're able to hold true, try to get a playoff spot, he's returning. So it's big time. But yeah, I don't look much at your team, really anyone's team, unless I'm looking like for trades. The biggest mistake you made was trading Jamar Chase, or Jamar Chase, uh, Jamar Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. I have been accused many, many a time for being too high on rookies. Well, I'm a defending champion. I've already clinched playoff spot this year. But also... Certain rookies, you have to be patient with them. It was very weird to see how Detroit was using him early. But obviously, once he came on, full steam ahead. So with the rookies, you kind of have to be patient. And with a guy of that caliber, but, so I wish you had waited and seen... I knew I know you were kind of panicking. You wanted to make moves early in the season, try to turn around not having a win. He was somebody I would have held on to. I, I just I guess in a a poor pathetic defense of myself, just when you're in that position, what else was I supposed to do? Because Wait. one, he wasn't performing, and two, they weren't using him. They weren't utilizing. Him. So when you don't have a win, and not only do you not have a win, you're not close to a win. Like you're getting blown out. Like what? I don't know what I was supposed to do. I thought the grab was good, and it leading up to that point, it was. It was a fairly even trade, and then the injuries hit the guys that get traded. So, I I get what you're saying, and in retrospect, obviously, probably wasn't the right move. But at the time, I I can't say I have regrets about. It. Like I wouldn't have done that again in that situation. That's fair. Any other final just, comments before we close up? No, it just wasn't. That's that's the biggest bummer I had is that the year was over so early for me, so it really was not a fun year. Um, I mean, you would hope. I, I I got the one win, so I didn't. I didn't uh, not win a game, um, and I still have a couple more. Maybe I'll play spoiler and ruin oh, someone. I mean, you only have one more. I have one more week left. Okay, there you go. I thought there were two. Yeah, no, it's still fun. You I know who you're playing this last week? You. Ooh, How lucky this. am I to face the two worst teams in the league heading into the playoffs? Gotta love it. Yeah, you, you always seem to get that, don't you? And maybe you let Danny Dime. That's that's the other thing. My team name's let Danny Dime. Danny Dime hasn't played <laughs> over a month, so. That's, that's pretty much my, my team name is essentially that that's... That's the season in a nutshell. Well, that's this episode in a nutshell. It's over. Don't we have to do picks or are we just going to throw them to the group? And Oh, I don't. I mean, I didn't tally any of them up because I didn't have time. And then we started the podcast. I think uh, the wonderful Mike Osa is still leading because he was up a game on uh, Giants Insider slash Cutie Pie Kyle Barron. So, and I'm pretty sure they had the same record. Uh, we, I, one tally that I did make is the Italian stallion thought that he had finally surpassed me in picks. He's wrong. He's back one game. Uh, cause both of, uh, both of us hit our locks, but Tampa screwed me, but we were both on the jets like idiots. By the way, while we have a minute, I don't know why I do this to myself. I think it's because there's nothing really riding on this. We're not playing for anything except like. 
bragging rights for maybe a day. Like, ooh, I won the Matt and Dennis picks. Like, there's nothing actually. Never in a million years would I bet the Jets to cover the spread. I didn't bet it in real life. But I don't know why I throw this team on my Dunzo list. I talk crap about them for weeks on weeks on weeks. And then I'm just like, eh, rainy weather, dome team coming up north. The Jets will find a way to win. And I'm at work on Sunday, and I see the scoreboard at one point. It was like 7-5 to five or whatever the hell, or 8-5, to five, whatever the hell it was. I was like, you know what? Maybe we'll get a push. Maybe I can root for a push because that's all the New York teams are good for. And no, they still couldn't cover. They had the ball, chance to go down the field. Trevor Simeon comes in, who's been cut, by the way. He's no longer on the Jets roster. So one and done for poor Trevor Simeon. I watched the final drive, saw the highlights. Pitiful. That poor fan base. I don't feel bad for you at all. But I, say, I don't I no, I don't feel bad at all. At the same time, it's like, ugh. Goodness gracious. They're not good. They're not they're just not good. But uh yeah, that's all we got for. I'm not going through a full. I don't think much in the leaderboard has changed. I guess I can look really quickly, try and see if anything really sticks out. But I think for the most part, everybody had fine weeks. Um, Billy screwed a lot of teams. Again, we were kind of right on that. We're Vegas. Maybe they know something. San Fran. That was that ended up being my lock. Um, quite a few people on Denver. Actually, everybody was on Denver except the, the great Italian Stallion. One Mike Osa. And myself. Was it? Man, a lot of people on Denver. And they almost did cover. Chance to win it at the end. Everybody was on Tampa Bay except Kyle and the Italian Stallion, so a little bonus point there. But I think everybody hit Dom, our guest picker. He locked Tampa, so that was a miss. Everybody else hit their luck. So pretty good week. Pretty good week. But yeah, I'm assuming not much has changed outside of records kind of improving and somewhat being fine. So yeah, exciting though. Bowl season kicks off next Saturday, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. The season commences this week with Army-Navy, and then bowls kick off this, what is that, the 16th maybe, is Saturday. So I think next week we'll go back into our two-episode format, recap the Giants probably on a Tuesday night recording, and then... We'll do some picks, and I think we'll do bowl picks. Not kicking off with the Bahamas Bowl, unfortunately, but it is at a beach, Myrtle Beach Bowl. That's what kicks things off. There's actually a couple of them because it's Saturday. Also, there's also not um, – and I want to get your thoughts on this, Dennis. Obviously, you're the host. So I don't typically throw the questions back at you. But, I mean, one, the Hawaii Bowl is not on Christmas Eve. No. That's a massive disappointment. I think also, that's only because Christmas Eve is a Sunday. And they're avoiding the NFL. Okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Good point. Um, and Hawaii's not in it, which is a travesty. Uh, yeah, like I said in the group chat, I think Troy and Duke is a very, uh, I mean, maybe Troy um, proves me wrong. I thought that was probably the the most lopsided of the matchups, and we'll get deeper into that, obviously. You mean Wait, do you mean lopsided as in Duke would be a favorite over Troy? I uh, Yeah. Oh, no. Troy's actually got a very good football team. And what's that strength of schedule look like? Well, they won the Sun Belt last year, and this year they finished in third. 
in the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt is loaded with teams, multiple teams that won 10 games this year. I don't know. Duke Duke will not have their head coach. They will not have Riley Leonard at quarterback. I imagine there'll be a couple others that sit out. I didn't realize that. I just thought that was, of all the matchups, that was one that was like, uh, Sun Belt versus Duke. Yeah, no, I, I... I would be picking Troy. I would fully expect Troy to probably win that game. Also, and I know we can go ad nauseum about this one, and I've heard it, uh, especially from my boss, who is a Florida State grad and diehard. Um, I mean, your thoughts on on the Florida State uh, debacle of how – I mean, I, I knew. Everyone knew. And, and this isn't just this year. Everyone knows – Every year they're gonna find a way to get Bama into it. It's not just Bama. It's that look. I'll try to make this as quickly as possible. I didn't think we were really gonna get into it because I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it. What I what I will say, and I'll give the mic to you. You know more about college football than I do. You pay more attention to it. Uh, you are more passionate about it than I am. But for for the argument or against the argument, the college football like this is what. I can't stand about college football and what I'm I'm not a Florida state fan and I don't even, I'm not going to pretend to care one way or the other. I love chaos, especially as someone living in the state of Florida, that is such a rabid college football fan base, whether you're Miami, Florida, Florida state, USF, UCF, whatever. Like it's a rabid college football. I just want chaos because I don't care about any of them. So if one fan base gets really mad about something, I think it's hilarious because I could care less. I don't feel bad. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. That's just a, a non-Florida college football fan living in Florida. The more chaos, the more entertaining it is for me. That having been said, just the way this year, the, however many years it's been that the college football committee attempts to put logic behind their decisions, it just sounds worse and worse and more stupid and this is why i love college basketball so much more than college football because you get these no-name teams you're like all right you want to play you want to have a chance with the big dogs we'll put you up with the big dogs a lot of times you'll lose by 40 or more points but every now and then you'll win and you will get a chance to prove your worth and prove that you have a chance to play in the biggest games that does not happen in college football it just doesn't but your thoughts on the whole thing? It does, to a degree. First off, at a human level, human to human, person to person, this sucks for Florida State. Not just for the kids. The kids on those team on that team. As much as we college is becoming a out of amateur and more pro like with all the things that are happening and NIL being introduced and everybody being paid and all this other crap, blah, blah, blah. They are still 18 to 24 ish year old dudes. I'm giving, you know, even go 24, 25 with the COVID year. Some of them are in their fifth, even sixth year of eligibility. But when we were that age, we were considered kids. We didn't have our lives together. I still don't have my life together. I'm like a grown man, boy. So it sucks for those kids the seniors on Florida State, the guys that will be declaring, which are mo- with Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, uh, <clears throat> Keon Coleman, <clears throat> New York Giants. Just a th- just a thought. They're looking at a wide receiver. 
those guys are going to the draft, seniors that are done playing college football, and they have the opportunity. They did everything they were told to do. Win your games, win your conference. You're a Power 5 team. You will have a shot at the top four, play for the playoff, play for a national championship. They did everything that was asked of them. It sucks that Jordan Travis in se- on senior night breaks his leg. Now he's done for the season. Hell, there were arguments being made that what if Florida State said initially it's possible if we're in the running for the college football playoff, which is not till the end of December, that Jordan Travis might be able to get on the field. People were arguing that if he had the potential to come back and play, that Florida State would have gotten into the Final Four. Because that's what made the determination. They're not the same team without Jordan Travis. The fact is, is they are not the same team without Jordan Travis. But it sucks. But also, so, Dennis, if I can interrupt you and just throw this throw this back at you, and I don't know if this is just BS people on Twitter trying to X, trying to get, get um, clicks or, or clickbait or whatever you want to call it. A lot of people, and, and I shouldn't just say it's it's not people living in their parents' basements with 12 Twitter followers that are saying this. Oh, thing. no, there are college football die- purist analysts that are besides themselves because of this. Yeah, 100%. But what they're saying is is kind of to your point. I, I don't think I'm hearing you say this, but they're saying with the Travis injury, they're saying who Florida State is going to have available going into a supposed college football playoff is not going to be nearly as entertaining as an Alabama or Texas. So this is where the more entertaining uh, games this is where the viewership comes from. This is where, so uh, again, to go to why I love college basketball more than college football, and we're not, neither of us are in that room, but you can't deny that that's a, that could potentially be an argument. That they're like, what product is Florida state going to put up if it makes it to a championship game? Oh, it was 100% part of it. Obviously, Georgia's not so how so how as a college fan, especially the hours and hours you and I have spent on this podcast and the infamous Giants group chat, trying to get people to think like you, Dennis Vincy, does about college football and why it's so good to watch and why we should invest year after year after year in it, when the decisions are being made on money, viewership, and TV sales compared to some other people in our inner circle that don't look forward to that and look forward to March because you get teams like St. Peter's that can show up and do that. And, and St. Peter's is not where the money is, but that's why they, they are there because they did what they had to do to get to that position. And now a major network is going to have to air St. Peter's. Like, so I just don't understand how people can get hyped up for this year after year after year. When it's not, when it's not the best team and it's not, I mean, it's unfortunate for Florida State. They have a, a third string going in there. I believe it's third string, right? Yeah. And but they deserve it. They're twelve and zero. They won their conference championship. They they may very well lose or get blown, even get blown out, but they deserve the right to be there, regardless of who is at the helm. Yeah. But because that's of, you can watch Texas or Alabama. Screw those guys. And again, I I'm enjoying. Watching any Florida team go through this much chaos, it, it's the cynical part of me, knowing my college football team will never get close to this. But how, how it, it's just, it's tough as a fan that does watch college football casually, that knows generally what's going on, for better or worse, to get invested in it when that's 
when this is the garbage we're saying. You're 100% right. And it's the biggest problem with college football in particular. I hate the March Madness argument. March Madness is its own thing. It is beautiful because it is the only sport in which you can kind of do this. You can't do a March Madness type style for football when you need to play the games on a weekly basis, when you need to have a season that's going to last four months, and then you can't take up nearly a month or two months of more games to play to have that many teams in, that many surprises. It's why the expanded playoff is finally coming. It took this long. The college football playoff is its own entity, its own thing. And then the committee is just made up of athletic directors from schools all over. And that's why people coming after poor Boo Corrigan, who's the selection committee chair, he's North Carolina State's AD. He is an athletic director in the ACC. Do you think he doesn't want to see an ACC team in the Final Four? He is one of 13 people making this decision and using every type of statistic, I what they see on the field to try to determine this. And yes, and I already said it, it's wrong that this happened to Florida State. But the system was designed to fail. We have five Power Five conferences. Currently, the Pac-12 is now gone after this year, but five Power Five conferences. There are four spots to get into the playoff. The committee has never, in the 10 years of doing this, had a year like this, when there were multiple teams, not just undefeated, but also one-loss teams that were very much deserving to play in the playoff. Heel Should Not Be Named shared an article from some boob on Twitter who brought up an article from 2021, 19, whatever the hell it was, when they were, it was just a snippet of an article making an argument for why a two-loss Alabama might be deserving of getting in the playoff. Now, there's never been a two-loss team in the 10 years of the college football playoff. Like, a two-loss team has never made it. And he's like, oh, ESPN's agenda was for Alabama back then, and it's the same agenda now. Well, when you go back to that year, the fourth team that made the playoff that year was Cincinnati. And Matt, I know you love your American Conference, but an, a group of five football team, even undefeated winning their conference, would not sniff and hasn't sniffed the top four in any other year. That was a very special year where the strength of schedule for Alabama and the teams that they were playing, Texas A&M, Florida, Georgia, Missouri, Tennessee, all of them ranked. So if they had gotten through with only two losses and even and then beaten Georgia in the SEC title game, people were making the argument that maybe they're still deserving to be in. And that's a very good possibility. This year, one-loss Oregon, undefeated Washington, one-loss Texas, undefeated Georgia, one-loss Alabama, undefeated Florida State, all of them. One-loss Ohio State who's not playing in a conference title game because their loss to Michigan essentially eliminates them. All of them are deserving to be in the playoff this year. Many of them don't have a case because Georgia, I'm sorry, you played a great year. You've beaten a lot of ranked teams. You did have a so-so schedule compared to some of these teams like Florida State had a better schedule. Texas had a better schedule. Washington had a much better schedule. How Washington got through undefeated through that Pac-12 this year, where the, the six up all won nine or more games, 
and are all playing in big time bowl games or New Year's six games. It's incredible what they did. So they're fully obviously deserving to be in. It's tough in this year, but what hurt Florida State is Jordan Travis. There's no doubt they look different. There, there are other things that hurt them too. Louisville did them no favors. A Louisville team that beat some good teams along the road lost to a bad Pittsburgh team this year. That takes into account. Louisville lost on rivalry weekend to a middle-of-the-road Kentucky team. That shouldn't happen. That hurt them, and then they went out and, yes, looked dominant on defense, but they only won the game by six. And in the committee's eyes, going into this weekend and championship weekend, Georgia was undefeated, number one, back-to-back -back national title winners. They were the best team. Alabama, with only one loss and their strength of schedule, came in and beat that best team. But the problem is, is Texas went to Alabama this year and beat them by double digits. So if you're going to applaud what Alabama did and put them in, you have to put Texas in, especially the way Texas was able to win three games without their starting quarterback. They didn't look really good without Quinn Ewers when he was hurt, but they middle they did fine. They got better when Ewers came back, and then they blew out a good Oklahoma State team in the Big 12 title game. So this sucks. Florida State deserves to not only be in the playoff, but probably should be three. There are arguments that Washington should be number one, not Michigan. Why is Michigan hasn't played anybody? Michigan has played Ohio State. That's it. Penn State, they were ranked. They blew Penn State out. Wasn't even a contest. Other than that, Michigan didn't play anybody. And I know I they had... If I but so, it sucks. It sucks for Florida State. But yes, they're looking at matchups. They're looking at these teams now. And subjectively, they're saying that Alabama is the better-looking team right now. But it sucks because you have to... You should be able to use the full year. And Matt... Perfect example here. Did anyone think the 9-7 and seven Giants or the 10-6 and six Giants deserve to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl? No. And to quote Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. You play. You have to play. Objectively, that's why we love sports. Because Florida State could very easily prepare with a month out to get into the playoff and put together a game plan and beat one of these three teams. Four teams. You want to throw Bama, whatever the team. They could. It happens all the time. It's why we love sports. It's the best reality show. You don't know what to expect. Two thoughts on that. I think the Giants did deserve to win the Super Bowl. As do I. Did we think they would? No. But did they deserve it at the end by the time the Super Bowl came and went? Absolutely. So that's that's dumb. But, well, that's the art for Florida State. Like, that's the same compared. Well, what if Florida State went off and won the whole thing? I mean, like, they're 12-0. That wouldn't be shocking. <laughs> well, it would be shocking the way they've looked the last couple of weeks. That's that's what the committee is saying. No, they looked I... okay at Florida. I think they're overlooking. Florida's a middle of the road team this year, but to go in the swamp at night, rivalry weekend, that's tough to do. And one last thing with a third string quarterback. I have one last thing before we before we move on. It's again, and and I, I get what you're saying, and you're right. I don't disagree about how you. You can only go so far when you're comparing the college football playoff to March Madness. Obviously, you can't do a 64-team 
college football tournament as much well, as that's I- what and that's what sucks this time next year we won't have to be worried about it because 12 teams will be in and right. people are also trying to get like re- like get people to remember a year ago george kleofkoff kevin warren guys that are no i don't know what kleofkoff's gonna do now that there's no pac-12 kevin warren is no longer involved with the big 10 but them and the acc formed the alliance when everybody was scared about the SEC dominating college football and Texas and Oklahoma were leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC and we're going to have two Super Leagues. So these three conferences are going to band together and try to stop and hold the fabric of college football together. That whole thing that lasted a few months before shit hit the fan and the Big Ten started expanding at Pac-12 teams saying, oh, sorry guys, we're better than you. We don't We don't need this alliance thing anymore. And the Pac-12 started crumbling. Then people were like, okay, now that this is over, we need to expand the playoff. We'd have an expanded playoff this year if it wasn't for the delay of the alliance. The the only other thing, the only other thing I was going to add, and, and again, and, I, and I've made this point a hundred times, and I think I've even made it when RT's on the show when we do the college basketball stuff and March Madness previewing all that. Yeah, you can't do a 60-14 turn. I've, I've, I've tried to throw out every potential way that that could be possible, which is including getting rid of the Sherman Toilet Paper Bowl and getting rid of conference championship games and getting rid That'll of... That'll never the, happen. Getting rid of that, that second-to-last week of the year when all the top 10, top 15 teams play Cupcake. like play a community college uh, that's nearby, like getting rid of all those to add room to maybe have at least some top 25, top 50 turn. I, I've run all those potential things in my head. Obviously, the college football Puritans like yourself would never allow that to happen. Um, well, you just but, can't, that's too many teams. You can't think about that. Would well, be, oh, I know, I know. I'm not it saying would just be, it would basically have the regular. So, you know how football works, you can't logistically do it. I know, I know you can't, and that's that's what's but but where I'm going with this. Is that, and you mentioned it too, you mentioned why teams like Alabama and Texas deserve to be in there, not necessarily because of their record being better or worse than Florida State. Obviously, it's worse, but that look what they did against this team. Look what they did against this team. Look how they hung in there, blah, 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 so on and so forth. This is another reason, I guess, this is me just being like college basketball so much better, is because I, I don't think, and you can disagree with me, like I think if if a top 10 team gets a run for their money against these smaller schools, they, they do one of those buy buy games as John Rothstein would call them. Um, and then you, they compete harder with even than, than you thought they would. So say UConn plays, we'll give you a be named to bone here. UConn plays central Connecticut state and UConn's ranked fifth in the country. I didn't know you were giving them a legitimate bone. I thought you were going to use like Maryland or somebody for an example. No, no. I'm saying these, these buy games that happen in November, early December, where the, the state is playing, like Maryland would be playing Maryland Eastern shore or UConn would be playing Yale or central Connecticut. So on and so forth. Or, or BC is playing, I don't know, UMass Lowell, like games that they are paying these schools to come get your butts kicked. And these schools compete eventually in that game. They lose. Perfect argument is what Auburn yes. did. Paid New Mexico State to come in. 1.5 million. New Mexico State boat raced them. 
three touchdowns beat them. And then the next week, Alabama needed a Hail Mary prayer to beat that same Auburn team. That's an argument that's being made right now. No, that wasn't my point. My my point being well, I'm saying that's a that's a small team being paid to come here. But my but my point being in college basketball, if and I'm just using the example of the state we're both from, if if the Yukon Huskies bring in Yale or Central Connecticut, I'm thinking all the other smaller Quinnipiac, Sacred Heart, Fairfield, they bring in any of these schools and these schools compete with them. Got out Italian Stallion, Hartford. Yep, yep, Hartford Stags or Fairfield Stags, it's Hartford Hawks, right? Hartford Hawks. Red Hawks? Hawks? I think it's just the Hawks. I, I you part once at the Hartford campus. He may have been with me. I don't remember. Um, but anywho, these teams compete. Say, say UConn plays Hartford. Hartford plays them hard. But Hartford does lose at the end of the day, but they lost by four. Yeah. That does not really impact UConn's ranking in the top 25. They don't fall two places because they only beat Hartford by four. That does not happen in college basketball, Dennis. College football is that that's where that happens in college football, where teams are valued less or drop in rankings because of even a win that they didn't blow out the team by 30 points. And I'm not saying one way is right and one way is wrong, but I'm saying college football, it's like, well, even though Florida State went undefeated, the way they barely beat so and so, even though they beat them. That shows they shouldn't be there. That does not happen in college basketball. Maybe at the very worst, the team stays exactly where they are. But if a team like UConn, if a team like Kansas barely gets a team like Creighton, for that matter, barely holds on to a, a, a team that's in their state, that's one of these weaker teams that they paid off to get their butts kicked, and they don't kick their butts, but they do win, they don't fall two or three spots. They don't look at March Madness and make the bracket later a couple months later and say, well, remember that close call UConn had against Sacred Heart? That's why they don't deserve to be a, a one or two. I, I understand what you're trying to say, but again, it's impossible to compare. You're talking about a sport that plays more than double the games. And even to go against your argument, the top eight teams did not change in the final month and a half of the season. That's been unheard of in the college football playoff era. The same eight teams did not. The only thing that changed was where they were. Ohio State started at one. Michigan or Georgia eventually leapt them. Michigan now beats Ohio State. Ohio State bumps back. Washington beat Oregon early on. Oregon moves a little bit back. Other than that, those top eight teams did not. Florida State, they started out. Then they got bumped in. Now they get bumped out. That was one big argument people had. Florida State was in the top four going into this weekend. They were already there. So people were like, okay, the committee thinks highly enough of them. They're in the top four. If they win, they're in. The argument will be if Alabama beats Georgia, does Texas get in or will they somehow screw Texas and give the leap to Alabama? We had that argument for weeks because then you're basically telling college football fans head-to-head -head games don't matter because Texas did beat Alabama in the regular season. They went to Tuscaloosa. They beat them. So you can't, if they both finish 11-1 and one and win their conference, you can't put Alabama in over Texas. They have the head-to-head. -head. That would never happen in any other sport. What did they do? They screwed the team that didn't look as good because they lost their starting quarterback, and they put Texas and Alabama in. Look, it sucks. Two things can be right. This sucks for Florida State. They should be in. At the same time, the committee is looking for the four best teams right now. 
And it's unfortunate that their subjectivity is what determines this. Am I upset about it? No, because Michigan, Alabama is going to be awesome. And so is Washington, Texas. I think Michigan excited to watch Florida state play one of these teams. Absolutely not. But I am a college football junkie, so I will still watch it. And on the off chance that they come out and compete and win, that would be incredible. Because now a third-string quarterback is taking Florida State to a national title. We unfortunately will never know that. We'll probably end up watching a rematch of Alabama, Texas, or any. I, I think it's going to be Bama and Washington, but I don't know. I hope, I hope your boy um, J.J. McCarthy shows up and does not let Alabama win. I don't think he's going to show up. I hope he does. But he's yeah, not my I, boy. It's just objectively, I mean, that was complete sarcasm. Just objectively. Oh, was it? This is why it's just so, like, it's it's so tough as a, just like, a, more as a college basketball fan and a big NFL fan to try to get turned on to college football. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough because, oh, the same teams make it every year. Well, it's yeah, unfor- unfortunately, most of the same teams are very good every year. It's unfortunate that Georgia was on the verge of doing the impossible. No one's ever won three straight in the history of college football, except for Minnesota, way back in like 1935. They didn't really count the same way they count now. They won three straight titles when there were like eight universities. No one else has won three straight. So that was put. It's it sucks. And it. Every argument you make, the perfect argument is literally what the selection committee said. And your boys in the American SMU getting left out, went on the road, beat Tulane. They're the American champions, only have two losses. Their strength of schedule, their strength of record, their FP, everything is better than Liberty. Well, Liberty looked good in all their wins. They won all their games. They're undefeated. They get to go to the New Year's Six Bowl. Well, then why doesn't Florida State get to go to the college football playoff? It's a literal contradiction. They literally said that. So... I have no good answer for it. If I I am done trying to sell college football to people. If you want this, this chaos, this doesn't happen in any other sport. This bullshit, it doesn't happen in any other sport. And that's why it's beautiful. It's not good chaos, Dennis. This is chaos. Somebody was being left out. Someone was going to be unhappy. And you know those Southerners down there would be hooting and hollering. If the SEC champion one-loss Alabama team that beat the only team to beat Georgia in the last 29 games, if they didn't get in. But the rest of the country would be like, meh. I didn't say it's not chaos. I just said it's not good chaos. Oh, it's good. It doesn't make any sense. And next year is going to be even better because there's going to be a couple of two- and three-loss teams that are going to be complaining that finish at 13, 14, 15, or whatever. And we're going to be we get, fighting for seating and who gets to host the home game. We get, closer, we get closer and closer to my goal of a 65-team college football tournament. It starts in September. That'd be awesome. The <laughs> online... talked about, just making the season a tournament. Look, it's online... going to change. We're going to end up in some form of a Super League. And the if online... you can't tell it, are, I mean, 12 of the top 13 teams in the final ranking are from the SEC or the Big Ten. The only team is Florida State that is not part of one of those conferences. Damn. Future. The pack obviously Pac-12 teams still Pac-12. A couple of Big 12 teams, but those Big 12 and those Pac-12 will become SEC slash Big 10 next year. So same thing every year. It's like oh. it's not though. 
Texas has never made the playoff. Washington's in it for only the second time, and they were in it way back when they got murdered. Sure, Alabama will find a way to win again. Michigan's going to have another crack at it. Third straight year in the playoff. We'll see if they actually get a win. Yes. But everyone's yeah. just upset because Alabama's back in it. I, I will enjoy watching Stephen F. Austin play against Louisiana Tech. Oh, wait, that already happened. They lost another parlay down the drain. That's okay. I'm sure Cal State Bakersfield is about to tip off. I'm going to sleep. I, I'll bet yeah, on that. It's getting late. I'm pulling a bow on that. I didn't think we were going to talk college football. I didn't think we were going to wax poetic on the greatest sport out there. As we always do. Okay. What's going on in the back? Oh, it's the U-log. It kept, like, changing. It was getting yeah. a little funky. Right now and then, like, an ad comes on. Uh, okay, okay. Well, anyhow. It was a long one, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Only one episode this week. Your boy's out for work stuff, traveling this week. So we can't do two. Well, I guess we could if Matt wants to do one by himself and figure out how to do everything. Maybe just do a live show. Tweet at him. We'll just like live tweet for 45 minutes. That can be cool. But yeah, no, probably. I mean, it makes sense that this one's a long one since the only, the only, more than likely the only episode of the week, which we're now, what? 20 God. days from Christmas. Less than 20 days from the Matt Dennis. It's like when that big, we need like uh, that big dude that like the big ball and the Grinch turns and the guys, 20 more days to Christmas. We're now 19 days away. Less than 19 actually, because we're an hour and a half from December 6th. So we will be 18 days away from the fourth annual Matt Dennis Christmas episode. And it seems like all the usual suspects are gonna be uh gonna be in the room again and we're just working on getting that lemoncello. So I was about to say you say the usual sucks suspects. The lemoncello is a usual suspect. So yeah. if the cello ain't there, Denny will not show. No, I I, I was I, trying to think of something to rhyme, couldn't do it. Dennis, I'd be very shocked if the lemoncello is not there. I feel like that's been a Christmas tradition and a Matt Dennis tr- Christmas tradition. No cello, I won't say hello. Hey. We figured it out. That was pretty good. That was good. I'll give you that on that. Yeah, thank you. you. Did that pretty quick. But yeah, so we got so it'd be two week format next week. Two week format. So four episodes theoretically until the Christmas episode. I believe so. At the very least three, but yeah, it should be four till the Christmas episode. Er, no, because we should have we're gonna have two next week. Yeah. And then we have a full week. We got to go through, so it, we have the potential of five or six. Or no, I guess it would be five, because the Christmas episode would be like the second episode of that week. You do two episode next week, two episode the week after that. So that's four. Yes, yes. So it'd be four between now. If we're not doing a second one this week, it would be four between now and uh, when we record on Christmas Eve. Because Christmas Eve will be the first day technically of a new week. Yes. Correct. Then we would theoretically have an episode three or four days later after Christmas Eve before New Year's. Correct. So four episodes left after this before, which is also essentially a two-hour episode. At least it's been in the past, hour 45. Yeah, and we're going to have the same type of conversation we had two years ago. Yeah. What do the Giants' future look like? I mean, who knows? You got you got two teams that have both had better seasons than they had this year. So you never know. 
What it could we talk about? I'm saying like the Packers and Saints have both had better days than they're having oh. this year. And those are the two teams we will play between now and the Christmas episode. So we could be right in the midst of a little winning streak. I could. A little DeVito domination. If, can you can you imagine going to the Christmas episode and Tommy DeVito's on four straight games? <laughs> I mean, just just the fact that Tommy DeVito's the, the storyline. No, enough. I can't. I, I can't. I literally can't imagine that. No, I, I That's can't. why I'm back in. Only because of DeVito. That's all I got for you, Dennis. I look, I look forward to next week. Have a safe trip. Have fun at Army Navy. I shall. I will attempt to. Appreciate you all tuning in per usual. Follow us on Twitter, Matt Dennis Pod. Follow us, Dennis D Menace twenty one, M Scars three nine one. Guess you can follow us on Facebook. We posted there too. Spotify, Apple, whatever your podcasting host site of choice. Like. Leave a comment, I guess. I think just like. I think just liking the podcast, rating it five stars, however the hell you want to do it. I think that helps. Literally, don't even, you don't have to listen to a single minute. Just subscribe and like play. Like Subscribe, pro- click the five stars, and then when the episode comes up, just drag that thing all the way to the end. Yep. Done. Press play, turn the volume all the way down, just let it play through. Get or our, just get like, like, if you live with other people, like turn it on full blast, throw it under like the couch or something, and people are like, I hear people talking. How come I keep hearing people talking about the Giants? I don't understand. What is, what is happening in this house? What is Boom. this engaging conversation I'm hearing in the background? They go to bed. They hear our voices. They start to have insane thoughts. Also, one last thing I'll throw in there. I appreciate he who shall not be named uh, embracing uh, dads uh, who are nursing babies bets. Hashtag. He's been on fire. Yeah, so that's, that's just live bet us, in the NBA again. like a fiend. You get royalties, keep them coming. But also, to if he who shall not be named is listening, you can't do it at normal hours. It's supposed to be overnight at like 3, 4 a.m. when dads that are nursing babies can't sleep because the baby's crying or something. And that's when you put in like weird Chinese table tennis bets. Like that's, it, it needs to be in that 2 to 5 a.m. window so other dads that can't sleep because their newborn babies can also tell you on these bets it can't be at seven o'clock at night that that's the point of dads who are nursing babies bets it's to be in that specific window it's a good point but also he who shall not be named is already an old man so 12 30 might as well be 4 30 for him your point he's usually waking up at four or five a.m anyways yeah he's probably on his second year of nation <laughs> <laughs> Puts, <laughs> puts on his bloomers, goes out, gets the paper, sits down to have a bowl of Allbrand. No way the paper's there that early. My parents used to get the New Haven Register. There's no way it's there that early. Times change, man. It's all digital. It's on his uh his iPad. He wakes up, boom. Right There's to the funny pages. A little Marmaduke to start the day. Also something valuable about getting the, new, the local newspaper thrown in your driveway when it's 15 degrees at 5 o'clock in the morning. Shuffle out there in your slippers. Skate on a little dog poo. All right. Yeah. Somehow right. we've tried to say goodbye twice, gotten off the rails. Appreciate you as always tuning in. He is Matt. I am Dennis. We'll talk to you next week. Go Big Blue. Matt. Go Big Blue. Adios. Adios.